Hello, and welcome back to Why Morocco, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to spotlighting some of the inspiring creative personalities who share my love of the North African Kingdom of Morocco. My name's Mandy Sinclair, known online as Mandy in Morocco, and I'm the host of the show. On this week's episode, I've reached Narjis Benkabu by phone as she's in London. Narjis is a blogger, chef, and now cookbook author. In fact, her first cookbook, Casablanca, My Moroccan Food, is available for purchase in North America this week. I first met Narjis back in 2016 during her pop-up at a Riyadh in Marrakesh. Every dish as part of the five-course dinner was quite simply delicious and paired with the perfect glass of Moroccan wine. So I was delighted when she sent me a copy of her cookbook. I began flipping through each beautiful page, admiring the photography, planning a dinner party based on her recipes, and thinking about who would be invited. But for now, let's listen in on our conversation. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm happy because the temperatures are a bit cooler today in Marrakesh. Oh, okay. So you're in Marrakesh. Because I think I saw, man, that you've been you've been traveling a bit in Morocco, right? I was in Tarazout um, and in Essaouira last week uh, for work. So now I'm back in Marrakesh. So. Yeah. How about you? Did you have you been over to Morocco at all this summer? Yeah, I was there um, in July. Uh, for a week, I was in Rabat. You were born and raised in Belgium to Moroccan parents, but um, yeah, in Belgium, often, yeah. And then you went to Paris, and now you're yeah, in London. Correct. Yeah, exactly. I've been in London for um, for eight years. And then, when you were a child, how often did you return to Morocco? Well, I would return very often because um, my mom was very unhappy in Belgium. Oh, really? She uh, had all her sisters um, in, in, in Morocco because she was from Fez originally. Mm-hmm. And she had all her sisters, uh, she had five sisters and a brother, and she was very attached to them. And she basically had no friends but for her, her uh-huh. sisters. Uh-huh. So she was really, very sad in Belgium. Um, and uh, so she would return every, every time I would have like four days off of school, she would be able to book a ticket and then we would go back. So I would go back for. Um, like Christmas, Easter, Christmas sounds just in English, but every single school holiday that I had to take the opportunity to to go to Morocco with me and and my brother to usually stay in West with my brothers, um, no, with my father, sorry, uh-huh. and then I would go to Morocco. So that's how uh, I think that's one of the reason I'm very attached to to Morocco is because I spent so much time there um, as a child, although I never lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a child, so yeah. And um, you were were you always in Paris? Yeah, well, until I was I think 14, I was always in Paris, and then I was a teenager, and I started telling my mom, okay, I want to start going to school places, and there are not a lot of them in Paris, so I started visiting my other um, relatives, like from my dad's side of the family or cousins who were studying in Rabat and I would stay with them um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in Rabat or Casablanca or Marrakesh because it was more fun most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think I stopped spending all my time in France when I was 14. Nice. And I was reading in your book, like I, what I really love about your cookbook, Casablanca, is the little anecdotes that you've put throughout, like the personal touches and... Um, 
personal stories that you've shared. And I was reading that your, you noted your mom was always cooking and that you were keen to eat what she prepared. Were you also in the kitchen yeah. cooking from a young age? Yeah, I was helping a lot. So um, my mom uh, was always in charge of cooking and she was in charge of seasoning. In charge and, of seasoning? Uh, yeah, for instance, I mean, up until I left my parents' place, until I was, I think, 20 years old, mm-hmm. I would always help my mom from a very young age, like mm-hmm. peeling vegetables, doing the dishes, um, uh, cleaning shrimps or, or anything that's mm-hmm. technical. Like I was kind of my small two-step. Mm-hmm. And then when I left my parents' place, I, I realized that there were lots of gaps in my knowledge when it comes to cooking because I would never season. So she would always put the seasoning and she would ask me, what do you think, what should we add? But but I was never in charge of the what some of the most important steps of cooking. So that's when I realized that, um, uh, well, there were lots of gaps in my knowledge. So mm-hmm. I started calling my mom and spending lots of time with her over the phone. And uh, and I, I, I cooked an entire couscous for the first time with her over the phone. Really? <laughs> and just, yeah, it turned out really, really, really good because I was having like 16 people coming for dinner. Oh, it's just <laughs> Yeah, and, and they requested a couscous, and I was like, yeah, sure, I can do it. And, and I realized there's so many things I didn't know. Um, and it turned out really, really good. And, and I think also I had this capacity to be able, I had this um, uh, memory for, for taste, and I could say, oh, this is exactly how my mom makes it. Oh, this is not how she makes it. So there's something uh, um, missing. Mm-hmm. So so I think my memory was always forced me to, to reproduce my mom's dishes. Uh, and it was something that really helped me. It's true that um, like I'm pretty shameful at Moroccan cooking, I would say, but it's because of the spices. It's so, it is the most important thing, I think, in preparing it. Like it's yeah. clean or it's not just enough to like sprinkle in like some cumin and some salt. It's like the whole blend is just, you know, it all has to work together, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So now you're a blogger and a chef, and most recently you've written the Casablanca cookbook. Um, mm-hmm. Where did the idea for the cookbook come from? Um, well, I think, you know, when you start writing about food and, and, and writing recipes, I think I'm pretty sure everyone's dream who, who writes a blog is to be able to publish mm-hmm. a cookbook one day because mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of, you know, the... Um, confirmation of all your work and, and then you have you have a physical um, uh, uh, object you know that that is not a black post that you can have to view it you can sell so so it was when I saw as soon as I saw my blog I always told myself I would love to have a good book one day and um, and uh, it happened so I'm very happy about it but what I thought was interesting is the title because Casablanca is not the first Moroccan city that one thinks of when thinking about yeah. Morocco and certainly not for the food scene. So what inspired mm-hmm. this decision? Um, I think, well, there's a lot of things, but I wanted to have, to find a title that embodies Morocco mm-hmm. and that resonates with people. So when you say Casablanca, I think everyone knows that it's in Morocco. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing. And I think it really sounds nice too. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I wanted to find um, the, the name of the town that could be very modern and also very traditional at the same time. Mm-hmm. And because the plant has kind of embedded this mix of old and new, uh, not in the same way that Basque or Rabat or Marrakesh was, 
Um, so I just really liked it. And, and, and I always had this idea, I think, as soon as I started my blog, I called my blog My Moroccan Food. Mm-hmm. But when I was brainstorming for blog names, I think I had something called a Kitchen in Casablanca. Um, and I told myself, oh, that's better for a book. <laughs> so I kept the idea for a book. And, uh, and then when I pitched it to my agent and I told the show, they really, really liked it. So, so I said, okay, well, at least I don't have to give myself a headache for a title. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. And um, yeah. each city in Morocco tends to have its specialties. So like there's pastilla from Fez and Tenji yeah. from Marrakesh. But I don't hear about a flagship dish from Casablanca. Is there... Is there one that we should know about, or is there one that you associate well, with Casablanca? So, well, the one that I associate the most is the seven vegetable couscous, because we, we, we also call it uh, couscous bidawi, which means uh, couscous um, from Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's the dish that I associate the most with Casablanca. Um, but now, you know, like I know there's a lot of, of things that, for instance, when you would do couscous, some people in Casablanca could add like a chili pepper with the vegetables or, you know, kind of this kind of small differences. Mm-hmm. But it's true that apart from um, this couscous, I don't know one very specific dish that comes from there, but I'm sure they are. I'm sure if I'm, I'm pretty sure there, there is something. It's just maybe not as famous as Tanzia or, mm-hmm. um, uh, or Bastia or other very traditional dishes. So is that the dish, the couscous that you've just described, is that... Mm-hmm. that you're saying is from Casablanca. Is that the one that most people would be eating then when they're in Morocco? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's what, yeah, it's exactly the, it's the most eaten, <laughs> the most classic and basic because people would eat with seven vegetables, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you've included a few different couscous recipes in the book, mm-hmm. yeah. including the couscous yeah, yeah. tafaya, um, which you say yeah, is traditional so, yeah. from Fez, right? Which make What makes yeah. that different from the couscous, the seven vegetable couscous you've just, just described? So couscous faya is um, from fez because faya is something that comes from fat. But faya is a, is a kind of a sauce uh, made of onions, raisins, and cinnamon, but mm-hmm. sweet and savory. And um, so couscous faya is a couscous that you would have only with, what, with semolina, and then you would cook your chicken um, with, in a simple broth. And then you would eat it with the chaya sauce. That's why we call it couscous chaya, and it's something that is purely from fat. So you can also have chaya tahini if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have, you could cook like a basic tahini um, uh, with meat uh, and onions and, and, and a bit of broth, and then you could have it with chaya sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, about <laughs> this. And then and, uh, that makes a difference. It's chaya sauce that comes from fat. Because the cuisine, because tefaya is a, it's made with a lot of sugar and uh, cinnamon. Is that correct? And the onions. Um, yeah, yeah. I like to use honey instead of sugar, but yeah. <laughs> okay, and so, but I find in Fez there are a lot of sweet, savory dishes like the pastilla, which is the chicken mm-hmm. with almond and um, yeah. like icing sugar, like powdered, yeah, powdered correct. sugar. Um, is that yeah. also? Like, is the sweet savory, is that something that does come from Fez then? Well, there's a lot of dishes that come from Fez, so it's definitely a possibility, but then, you know, we'll have to go back in history and, and mm-hmm. check the origins. Mm-hmm. So 
like I don't want to make papers that I'm not sure about, but through yeah. that in fact we do like a lot of um we do have a lot of sweet savory. We really enjoy them. Like we add prunes into means, um uh and apricot. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And just going back to the couscous, because mm-hmm. that's one thing that I find like there's so many different variations of it. Like a tagine, I think people don't realize how many different variations of couscous there really are. But and you've also yeah. described Essawara couscous in the cookbook. So what is es- yeah. what makes that tr- typical to Essawara? Well, because you know, Essawara is, is a coastal town by the sea, and and that's where you have the best um, seafood couscous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is known for the best fish couscous and also the best lobster couscous. Mm-hmm. Really, lobster couscous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. There's a lot of there's a very famous place that makes um a very good lobster couscous and, and, and I found about it because my friends who live in Morocco tell me they would go there just to eat couscous because it's so good and they'll have the fish couscous. And I've always eaten fish couscous um when I was a child and my mom would tell me it comes from all the coastal town and I used to think it could come from Tangier. Um and then I was told I was actually from Estonia before it's traditionally made because they have so much fish over there. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's why I call it a couscous. Okay, so now a quick question for you. You are from Fez, but what's your favorite couscous dish? What city? Um, it's, it's, it's Faya. Faya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very true it's to your roots. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and then when my mom makes, uh, you know, but most of, very often on Fridays she makes the um, uh, Casablanca couscous, the seven vegetable one, mm-hmm. and with this one. When I'm at home, she makes the kaya sauce, so I eat I eat it like I eat the vegetable couscous with the raisins. I'm not really like it. Yeah, um, but that's it. Throughout your book, you do talk about tradition, like food traditions in Morocco. Um, yeah, and the Friday couscous is one that's still very. Um, very much alive today in Moroccan yeah, culture. Yeah. And it's one of my favorites, yeah. I think. What can you just tell us a little bit about this tradition and do you practice it like when you're in uh, well, with your family? Yeah, so well my parents now they've moved back to Morocco um for um a few years. Okay. And um when we were living in Belgium, yes, we would practice it not religiously not every single Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, um, especially because we would go to school, so we wouldn't be there for lunch. And and couscous is a meal that we like to eat for lunch because we digest it better during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we try to make it as often as she could, or she would make it on a Saturday or on a Sunday. And now that's what they do in Morocco when we go to visit the every single Friday. Yeah, pretty much. Absolutely. And then your whole family would like gather together and. Have, yeah, exactly. Because um, um, uh, she's very happy when we're home because you know otherwise it's just her and my father, mm-hmm. and she finds it really sad to cook a couscous for two. Although she knows she will share it, she will share it with lots of people. You know, she will yes. share it with people who need food or people who help at home. But yes. uh, she's ha- the happiest one. She has to have there's a lot of people at home, and she knows what is it all. <laughs> Absolutely, it's such a big sharing dish, but it. It is something. Yeah, exactly. The other thing that I find, like I did a cooking class to make a couscous, and it mm-hmm. takes hours to prepare. It's not like one of these, you know, yeah, it's true. five it's minute like instant couscous that you find. 
Yeah, the serena takes time to prepare and then the vegetables um, need to cook them progressively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I think it, would t- it takes about, I would say, two, three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not technical, you just need to know the right time to put your vegetables in the broth so that they, they're cooked at the same time as the meat. So that, that was one of the most trickiest things when I, but the hardest part when I started making the soup, I wouldn't get it. Like, why? Why is it so hard? Why is it something that's overcooked and something that's undercooked? And uh-huh. um, I just have to know the right time, <laughs> the right moment. <laughs> exactly. Um, what I like, I own a street food business called Tasting Marrakesh. We do yeah. food tours of like Jamal Fanon. Like food stall hopping. Yeah, when people are on my tours, they're often surprised at like the street food available because I find like. It's just like tagine and couscous is what's really pushed. Um, but in your book, you include such a like wide variety of recipes, and I loved seeing the merguez burger with guacamole. Um, yeah. Like, how did you choose which recipes to include? I was in a huge brainstorming. I think I had over um, maybe 200 recipes for the book, and then I had to reduce them to 100 ones, and... And I think I just wanted, I just picked things that were, I really wanted my, my book to come across as something that anyone can make, that you don't need to be a very experienced cook to do, to make it. So I kind of got rid of the overcomplicated recipe. I think one of the most complicated recipes in my book is probably pastilla, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, but otherwise, the rest is very straightforward. It might take time because you've had like a certain that time that needs to do, but otherwise, it's pretty simple. So, so yeah, I wanted to to find to choose recipes that were super, and also recipes that I would love that I find very tasty because I wanted to be excited about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also some recipes that failed. Like I would, I tried certain things that didn't work, uh, that took too much time, or um, that technically were were a bit complicated. So yeah, exactly. Well, and your cookbook is coming out in. It's already out in the UK at the moment, but it is coming out yeah. um, in the next couple of weeks in the North America. Yeah, yeah. What I love about like Casablanca, my Moroccan food, is that you don't actually have to be living in Morocco to get the ingredients. So I was reading the book yeah. while I was in Canada because you think like so kindly sent me a copy. So thank you. Um, and okay. it was easy to to see, okay, I could pick up some of these recipes, um, sorry, some of the ingredients in Canada. So yeah. how important was this when creating the recipes? Um, well, the thing is, I cooked all the recipes in London. Mm-hmm. And I, and I obviously, I have so many Moroccan followers uh, who are based in Morocco and even outside of Morocco who follow me and try my recipes. But the I, I, when I was thinking about this book um, in my mind, I was making it for people who are not familiar with Moroccan food because one of my one of my goals is to make Moroccan food more popular for people who are not familiar with it. So I, it was very important for me to choose ingredients that people could use that you know you shouldn't have to order it on Amazon and wait for two weeks for it to appear uh-huh. or have to look over town. And I think. Some, even some very simple ingredients, like for instance, octopus. I had a recipe with octopus, and and I struggled a little bit to find octopus in London, in my neighborhood, and I think very central. And I thought, well, I mean, if it's so hard to find octopus in London, why would I put a recipe for it in my book? So, kind of got rid of all the recipe that that required over complicated ingredients, because. Um, 
again, if it's not something I could make myself, why would I assume that someone else can make it? So, yeah. And, um, and another thing is, um, yeah, I think, yeah, there was, well, I think one of the most, one of most tricky ingredients to find is argan oil. Mm-hmm. And it's also quite pricey. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in my book. And I think it's, how actually I speak that use it otherwise yeah the rest of the ingredients pretty, pretty simple to find are there but if somebody doesn't have access to argan oil is there a sub like what would you substitute for argan oil so yeah I recommend walnut oil mm-hmm. okay because it would have the nutty. same like the similar nutty taste yeah it's nutty uh, obviously well, argan oil is much better but Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a good option. <laughs> it's so yummy. But I also love how fusion your recipes really are. Like I'm Canadian, and so when I come back to Morocco from Canada, yeah. the bag is just like loaded with maple syrup. And so I love yeah. seeing your harissa and maple syrup roasted baby carrots with yeah. It was so, yeah. and like also the Razel Hanouk carrot cake with cream cheese frosting. I mean, that cream cheese frosting is amazing. <laughs> so it seems like yeah. you've used living abroad with your roots. Would you say that's like true? Yeah, I mean, I, I like to say that my book is like me. So it's a mix of um, very traditional things, but also very modern things that are put together and somehow make sense. Mm-hmm. And that's how I am as I feel. So, you know, I'm very, I feel very, very Moroccan and, and, and um, I was born in Belgium and, and it's definitely part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel very European and also very Moroccan and I wanted that to show in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, to make it more accessible. So is, is that where you got the Sorry? And more fun also, because I think Moroccan food is not something that comes across as light and fun and easy and, um, and simple people think we're all sure it's just cuisine and it takes hours to cook and exactly and and it's probably very sweet um, um so yeah it's going to change this image of American cooking mm-hmm. um and you've peppered like throughout the recipe book you have peppered your recipes with personal stories and what I noticed mm-hmm. is that you talked a lot about tradition when it comes to Moroccan food so what exactly do you yeah. mean by this? Because anyone who's been invited to a local's home knows that it's not just about food prep and ingredients, but also about gathering around, right? Yeah, exactly. So food is, is, is the, the central activity of every single activity that we, that we have, like for celebrations. And Moroccans are really foodies. Like they love food. It's, it's at the center of everything. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a ritual for, for everything from the moment someone crosses the home, you know, you will start giving them tea and some um, uh, biscuits or a bit of cake. And then uh, you will move on to dinner and you will start with um, uh, with the starters, all the salads and then the cuisines. Sometimes it's even a pastilla and a cuisine and you have the fruits and the dessert. I mean, it's just like, it's such a ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, uh, and we take it very seriously, Morocco. It's very important. Hospitality is very important. Absolutely. I and, think the hospitality. And, you know, the more you like someone and the more you will put on your table, usually. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll know, I'll know if I'm, I'm well liked if somebody has lots of food <laughs> on their table. Well, I think generations are changing. And sometimes my mom definitely overdoes, overdoes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she forces 
my husband to eat so much when he's home and, and he's telling her to stop doing it because, mm-hmm. you know, it's fine. He's part of the family now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think, I think it will change the generation, but the older, um, like the previous generation definitely still things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was fun. The one thing I want to talk about is, um, eggs, which I'm probably not going to say that right, but eggs, because most people okay, yeah. probably, and visitors even to Morocco have probably haven't tried this dish yet. For me, it's like one of my favorite. Um, yeah, they don't know what it is. But yeah, yeah. So what is it? Can you tell us a bit more about what it is? Um, well, here is um, a kind of cured meat that's mm-hmm. traditionally tried in the sun and cooked in animal fat, mm-hmm. and that that's preserved in animal fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the animal fat becomes very becomes solid, mm-hmm. and kind of looks like butter or or, um, or ghee, um, but it's none of them. It's just animal fat, and it's cooked. Um, it's dried with lots of spices mm-hmm. and garlic, and it's the best thing on earth. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, and I really. Yeah, yeah, I really, really love it. And um, so my mom is, you know, very um, uh, sensitive when it comes to health. So she makes her hair only with olive oil. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you checked her recipes, but she doesn't use animal fat. So she uses kind of lean cuts of meat um, to to make her hair. And then she, if she's in Morocco, she will dry it while well in the sun. Mm-hmm. She will uh, hang it on the, on the laundry rope, mm-hmm. and then but when we're, and when we're in Brussels, because you know, she lived there for for many years, she tried to dry it in the sun. It didn't work. So what she did was um, she started drying it in the oven, mm-hmm. and it was not exactly the same result as in the sun, but it was quite good. Mm-hmm. And then she will cook it. Um, she will fluff it with a little bit, um, well, a bit of water. Like she would boil it, and then she would keep it with olive oil. Uh, and it works pretty well, and it's and it, I find I now I'm because it's the only kind of clear that I eat the olive oil one, mm-hmm. so it's my favorite one. When I eat the other one, I find it a little bit too heavy for me, and also I, I know when I eat the olive oil one, I can indulge, I can have as much as I want. Because <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's uncooked olive oil with a bit yeah. of meat, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's really really good. And I think and I think I've started seeing in the silks um, in Rabat and Fez, um Olive oil, yeah. So people are starting to make it. And so it is, um, like we have it in an omelet, but are there other ways to cook, like other dishes that you would use the chili in? Oh, yeah, there's so many things. So you can, I mean, you know, with the eggs, is the most traditional one, but like, like bacon and eggs, it's fried, uh, yeah. fried eggs. But um, you also make um, uh, like a tomato based sauce with a bit of preserved lemon, coriander, and then we add some chili in it. Um, also, if you make um, this, uh, you make lentils, like a lentil mm-hmm. stew, you can just add it at the end, or same with lubia. It's like the perfect if you have something that needs a bit of a kick of flavor, uh-huh. it's a stew, or even a sandwich. You can just add a bit of flit to it, and it will will add so much depth to the dish, uh, so much flavor. Yeah, absolutely. But it's true when it is cooked in animal <laughs> fat, it is like a much heavier. Um, yeah, I mean you can't eat too much of it. No. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but it is like delicious. So um, mm. then I just want to like yeah. talk about if you if a lot of my list, like a lot of listeners will be tuning in from around the world, and so for those who are coming to Morocco, um, what's one yeah. dish that you would like say cannot be missed when visiting? Oh, one dish is really hard. <laughs> um, I mean, I would say probably not a cuisine because that's 
the most famous thing, I mean, the most the most basic dish that people would have tried outside of Morocco is the mm-hmm. So I would get out of your comfort zone, probably try the street food on, a, on one of your tours. Um, uh, I think pastilla still has a very special place in my heart. So I would definitely say pastilla because people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if, when it's cooked abroad, unless you've been to, well, I'm not, I don't want to say a good Moroccan restaurant, but I would say, mm-hmm. I would say more traditional restaurant. Mm-hmm. The, 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 I think what what people miss about the pastilla, like like for instance, when they make it, is that they're not aware that they should keep the layers inside the pie, mm-hmm. and they tend to mix all the filling of the pie and put it inside the the the, the, the pie. Mm-hmm. And and it's very important to respect the process of putting the layers because that's what makes all the difference. And then you can enjoy, you know, the crunch of the almonds, and then you have the fluffiness of the eggs. Mm-hmm. And then you have the very flavorful chicken um, and the onions. So, um, so I would say if you're in Morocco, try a traditional pastilla because it's, it's very likely that you'll get you'll get that outside of Morocco. And so, a traditional pastilla for you is a chicken pastilla. Um, yeah, it's the most traditional. No, I love the seafood one, but I think I think that the, for me the the most traditional one is definitely the, the chicken one. I was in a um, in a restaurant in Essaouira a while ago, and they had a duck pastilla, which was really yeah. delicious as well. So, what's one <laughs> truly unique dining experience that you think everybody should have when visiting Morocco? Oh, I think the I mean. Well, I think the best place to eat are when you travel, when you when you drive around mm-hmm. the country, and then you go from one place to another. Because that point, there's the best food. Because you know you've had cuisines that have been stirring for hours, waiting for you to be enjoyed. Yeah. Um, you've had you know very fresh meat that's going to be uh, ground for you, and then make the kasta, and then you know grilled on charcoal right mm-hmm. in front of you. And very often when I'm in Morocco, we actually drive all the way there just to eat the food mm-hmm. and go back to my mom's place. Like we don't even, we're not even traveling. <laughs> so I would say that's, that's something very unique and something that people wouldn't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think for me, they're the best place to eat pure Moroccan food. Um, but also the street food. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I would say definitely like, you know, be a bit adventurous and then try the street food um, in Marrakesh or in Rabat. Exactly. What type of street food would you say to have in Rabat? Um, uh, there's a place in Sikha that makes very good um, krota uh, and makoda. Um, you know, it's um, they're kind of beignet, potato beignet that are fried. Yep. And then put in a sandwich with some sauce. Yep. I think, yeah, I think it's my favorite thing in, in the cook in Rabat. Is the makuda in, yeah, in the, the sandwich? The makuda, yeah. I mean, it's definitely yeah. a carb lover's dream, that, isn't it? Because the potatoes are fried. Yeah, and the fried right in front of you, so it's just perfect when you get there and then fries it. I'm hungry now. I'm sorry. So what is one food-related ingredient that's best purchased in Morocco, do you think? One food-related ingredient? I would say the spices. You know, definitely get some of the yeah, because um, they're in Morocco, so and it's something that's very easy to transport. Um, it's not going to leak or break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, okay, that's a handle. Yeah, perfect. And so your book Casablanca, My Moroccan Food, is coming out uh, what day on the American, the North American market? 
On the 15th, on the 15th, 15th uh, of September. And um, it's available now for pre-order on Amazon, is that correct? Yeah, it's Amazon.com and Amazon.ca um, for Canada. Well, I really, I yeah. love reading it, so it really inspired me. I'm such, I'm not a, a cook, I love foods, but I'm really bad at this in the kitchen. So, but it inspired me because I felt like it was something that I could like actually make the recipes and not. It yeah. I mean, there's some recipes that really are very quick. So you should definitely try some of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I have been, you know, I've got, you could see my book. It's like okay. lots of like post-its and like, okay, need to try this, need to do this, make planning dinner parties is going to be really fun. with. Amazing. I like, I like that. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so thank you so much for, for joining me. Thank today. you. Andy. It was lovely. Like really busy leading up to the launch. So thanks for taking the time and, um, we'll be in touch. Thanks for your panel. It was lovely. Absolutely. And, uh, yes, definitely be in touch. And please come to Marrakesh and visit. Yeah, I'll definitely let you know next time in Marrakesh. That would be great. Perfect. Thank you so much, Nozis, and have a wonderful Thanks, day. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. If all that chat about food has left you hungry and inspired to try a hand at Moroccan cuisine, head on over to mandyandmorocco.com where you can order your copy of Casablanca, My Moroccan Food, directly from my website. Or if you're coming to Marrakesh and curious to find out more about the street food we talked about, check out my food tour business, Tasting Marrakesh. We take a dinner with friends approach to visiting Jamal Fana, the Medina, or even the new city of Marrakesh as we food stall hop and share tales from the place we call home. Our website is tasting-marrakesh.com for more details. That's Marrakesh with a C-H. All of our tours are private and bespoke, so we take you only to the food stalls you want to go to. But for now, it's time to say see you in two weeks when I'll be chatting interior design with a hotelier here in Marrakesh. Mm-hmm.